All right, so bonus round. Let's talk about the power of games. And we were talking before the show about kind of these old hippies and these games they came up with <laughs> and uh, the games, some games that we still play today. And this the power in those games and kind of what they believed as far as the power in games. And so let's, let's just kind of let's start talking about that, man. First of all, what do you, just your opinion, what do you think are the real true power in games? Oh, man, I, I could go on and on about this. That's a big question. Um, <laughs> I'm, so I'm a graduate student right now, and I'm studying games and play. And so this is like what I think about all the time, mm-hmm. um, especially when my professors say like, well, why, like, why are you studying this? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you could be studying something else, something that has more potential for human liberation. And I'm like, well, no, like this is it. Mm-hmm. Like this is where the potential is at. And I feel like games, power games is, uh, is, is multiplicitous. I can't even talk about it. I'm so overwhelmed. <laughs> but the big one that I think that I'm thinking about right now is about empathy, that yeah. when you can play in particular games that have you play as a character, that when you can play as someone, you can understand what they're going through, and that games are systems of, of hopefully hard choices, right? That a difficult choice usually makes a good game, that, oh, I know I want to do this for this advantage, but it'll also give me this disadvantage. And so that if you can understand the hard choices that other people have to make in their lives every day, maybe you can be more empathetic to them when you see them on the street. Um, that's something that I know that, that games have done for me. Um, another thing that I think games are really good at is uh, encouraging us to to interact uh, with systems and that like there are a lot of systems that exist in the world and some of them are good and some of them are bad but if we can think about things in the terms of a game that it might lead us to ask like who put this system in place and why like when I play a board game I want to think about okay the designer has the system of um, I don't know like in a deck builder like your victory points gum up your deck and why did they do that oh they did that because if the victory points were also good, they would be overpowered and the alpha strategy would be to only buy the victory points. So they had an intent. And if I can look at other systems in the world that are either oppressing or helping people, and I can say, who put this system here and why? And how can I work with it or try and work against it to, to make the world a better place? Yeah, for sure. I mean, games give us a much deeper understanding of, of lots of other things. Games are microcosms in a lot of ways. And if you think yeah. about kids' games and like what games kids are playing, whether it's MPE class or like at your family, you know, at your dining table, what the, the concepts that, are, that kids are learning, whether it's delayed gratification and saying, well, I really right. want this thing right now, but if I wait two turns, I can get double. Yeah, it's like, yes, right. like in understanding that concept, because, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, that's going to be a very big deal for that kid. Kid, as no he's doubt. thinking about no like doubt. you know debt and college and like do I want to take this job or that job and like all those different things you you start learning as a child and so if we can use games to kind of enhance or reinforce these these concepts that are so important or you know like, like you're talking about with empathy man that might be the single most important thing a, a person can learn is to empathize yeah. and to understand and to, to oh man it's just it's a great point let's talk about yeah, those hippies though or go ahead you guys oh yeah oh, no sorry it's just that that game, I think a lot of people, especially people I talk to in the world of education and academia, mm-hmm. confuse games about learning things versus yeah. learning from games that there are so many bad teaching games oh, out there. Oh, they're terrible, yeah. So people yeah. Are, are starting to grasp, and I think a right. lot of people in like the Games for Change movement have grasped, is that people learn from games not via the text on the card, but right. via what the mechanic is asking them to do, and that if you are asked to do something or do something in a certain way, you'll learn from that, whether or not the game is a learning game or not. Yeah, for sure. I've had so many people send me emails and say, yeah, I'm working on an educational game. And it's like, whoa, uh, back up. Don't make an educational <laughs> game. Make a, make a good, fun game that also educates. You know, if you right. want to teach math or teach reading or whatever you want to do, that's, that's great. Don't go in thinking, I'm going to teach math. Like, no, go, go in thinking, I want to make a great game 
the, the mechanisms enhance your math skills. Like, that's a much better way yeah. to go. Or, or do think, like, I really want to make this game to teach math, but know that people aren't going to learn math from you putting 2 plus 2 on every card in Dominion. People are going <laughs> to learn true. math from figuring out how many turns it's going to take them to get enough money to yeah. buy the card they want. Right. Absolutely. All right, now let's talk about those as old hippies, man. Tell me about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right before we got on the recording, we were talking about the new games movement, which is one of my favorite things in games. Um, it's not about board games. It's these these hippies, the people who made the whole Earth catalog in the 70s, if you're familiar with that. Um, and they thought that games could change the world and bring about world peace. And so they invented this whole group of games, and they started what's called the new games movement. And you can get their book for like a penny on Amazon. Um <laughs> And it's all these games that get people together, usually in a big field, to play. And the sort of the prototypical one, the one they, they most wanted to do and did first was called Soft War. And it's just this like no holds barred. You like crawl around on your knees and move this earth ball towards one goal or another goal. But there's no predefined teams. And it's sort of this, like we're talking about people learning from mechanics, that it's sort of designed to teach you that maybe in some ways struggle is meaningless or fruitless, that just as we're about to pull the earth ball over our goal line, some people on our team change teams and start pulling it the other way. And it's this kind of never ending game of like very physical aggression. In some ways there are stories that they write about in this book about how like people will get hurt playing this game. And they were like, yeah, that's, they don't want people to get hurt, but that that's sort of part of the point is like you get hurt when you, when you struggle against people in this way. So um, it's less didactic than it sounds. So a lot of these games are just silly and, one of my favorites is Catch the Dragon's Tail, where you all put your hands on each other's shoulders. Someone has a bandana or a flag tack- tucked into the back of their pants, and the person at the front tries to grab the bandana out of the pants of the person at the back. Mm. And so you're just kind of running around, and everyone in the middle is like, am I helping the person in the front or the person <laughs> in the back? But that they, they made these games for the purpose of uh, getting people to have fun together and teaching people that we can all sort of interact together in safe and fun ways. Yeah, and did, did I remember right? You said they uh, they invented the game Ninja, where you 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 can only move your arms and you're trying to like you're trying to hit other people's hand and they lose their hand like that kind yeah. of. Or you stand in a circle that yeah. game too, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm like I'm like eighty percent that they invented that game. Yeah. They invented a lot of games in that mode where you stand in a circle and do things. And mm-hmm. um, if you've ever been to a summer camp or uh, in my case my elementary school PE class, a lot of these games survive often without the new games movement name on them just because they were so popular in the 70s and 80s that they just sort of continue to to be repeated i learned this game at a summer camp uh, mennonite summer camp and they were not very political at all but we played this game called clam free and it didn't make sense to me why they were clams (laughs) until i read the new games movement book and it was a game that was designed to uh for activists who were protesting this nuclear power plant uh, to have fun while they were just like staking out the plant. Mm-hmm. And so it was about freeing the clams from being irradiated. <laughs> and I played this game as a kid, and it, the people who taught the game didn't say, like, this is about nuclear power, and nuclear sure. power is evil and kills clams. Um, it was They were just like, here's this fun game about clams. So I feel like the New Games Movement succeeded in creating these teaching games that were non-didactic, that were just there to get you to have fun while playing games. Yeah, and of course, since they're hippies, most of these games you play in a field, which makes sense. That's right. That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, let's talk about the power of games in our, you know, 2018 board game context with this podcast. Tell Let's, let's just sure. kind of discuss the power of games now. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so good. It's great. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of a good, like, concise example from my life, but um, yeah, I don't know. I've been really into Fog of Love recently. Yeah. Have you ever- you play I've played it. I've seen the uh, like playthrough oh. video and stuff. It's so good, mm-hmm. and it's just like 
it is uh, this, and this might be a counterexample of what I'm trying to say, but it's it's a really powerful game in that you get into these situations that are just like tragic almost. Mm-hmm. That you're playing with this person, and you sat down to have a fun time and play a fun board game, and you just look at each other and you're like, oh, "I'm so sorry." Like <laughs> my character's life and your character's life are not going to line up, mm-hmm. and you just feel so sad. Uh, I think that's good sometimes. Like I know yeah. generally we play games to have fun, but this is a powerful game in that it can just put you in this place of like, oh. Wow, we didn't we didn't care about each other enough in this romantic relationship, and now we have to part ways. Yeah, absolutely. This is something you know. I use, I use games a lot, and what I do with uh, working with the homeless. Actually, I've got uh, some groups that are downtown right now. I took a, I took a little bit of time out and do this podcast, but I got some groups downtown right now at uh, different places, at homeless shelters and soup kitchens, and we take Jenga and we take Uno, we take like real basic mass market games everywhere we go. Nice. That there's if you if there's a table, oh you bet believe we we've got Jenga with us uh, oh, because awesome. people love games, and so we found that you know feeding people is great. But what people really desire is interaction and conversation and yeah, just, in, you know, connecting totally. with other people. Uh, you know, so many folks that, that live on the street, they feel invisible because they are invisible. I mean, you know, people come up to the red light and the guy standing on the corner, we don't make eye contact, right? We don't want to acknowledge right. his existence because it might make us feel something and, you know, right. whatever. And so these people uh, live invisible lives. And so anything yeah. we can do to sit down and, and look people in the eye and say, I see you, you're human. Uh, you, you exist, and here's a meal, and let's share a meal together, and then let's play some games. Let's play Uno. Let's play Phase 10. Let's play all the games that us modern, snooty, hobby gamers uh, look down <laughs> on, you know, Battleship yeah. and all that. We're going to play those games because, you know, there's, there's two rules in the game. It's easy. You don't have to explain a whole bunch, and right. it's fun, you know. And so we've, we've used games over the last several years to connect with people yeah. and just engage and, and love on people and, and encourage them. And, you know, when, whenever the Jenga tower falls and everybody goes, you know, everybody goes, oh, no, you know, it's, it's fun. Yeah. And it, it takes oh, away because so cool. no matter what somebody's doing with outside of that shelter or soup kitchen, like all the baggage and all the, the strife and struggle that they've got, they can come in, share a meal, enjoy some air conditioning and play Jenga and not have to think yeah. about anything other than I'm trying to make sure this tower doesn't fall. Right. And so all the stuff outside, you know, just kind of passes away, at least for an hour, you know, for a few minutes. And I've seen just the power of games in doing that. And so I am such a firm believer in board games, just in in their ability to bring people together and interact around a table, whether it's your family or whether it's complete strangers that you've never met that live on a totally different side of life than you do. Games have just incredible power to bring people uh, together. And one thing I've found in, in, in ministry is that it's easy to hate people who aren't in the room. You know, whether yeah. it's the gays or the blacks, like whatever group you want to like start putting people in, which we, you know, as a society, we just group people up and then it's real easy to hate them and pass laws against them and all that. If you don't know anybody, if you've never met them, if they're not in the room. And so the power of games to bring people together, to be in the same room, get to know each other, learn each other's names and their stories. And all of a sudden it's real hard to hate people because you know them. Yeah. You know, it's hard true. to pass laws. Like a, Go ahead. That's a good argument. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. They're You're good. saying really good stuff here. I want to just say, well, like, say amen, wave my hands. But um, yeah, just that I think that's a good argument that those of us who are kind of deep down the rabbit hole of board games and who are designing games now need to remember of like casual games, so-called filler games are important for that exact reason yeah. that it's like these are the games that people who are not like me will play yep. and that that's, that's an important function. I think that that is really it's important to, to be with people who are different from yourself, and it's important to me anyway to play games with people who are different from me and who might play differently. And so, yeah, that when you have a game with a really low barrier to entry, um, that that's cool, yep. that, that it's important even. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it gets you to the fun faster. You know, and that's what we're right. we, we don't have that much time. I don't have thirty minutes okay, to explain right. how this game works. I have I have thirty seconds, and so and or it's games that people have been playing forever. And that's another thing that that really you get to evoke. Like this is a game that maybe that fifty year old guy who lives under a bridge that he played this game with his parents thirty yeah. years ago, forty years ago, totally. and he gets to kind of remember that. And it's like this nostalgic kind of thing because everybody's played Jenga forever. Like who knows? I mean, Jenga right. was who knows how old that game is? Um, I'm yeah. sure someone does. But um, you get to kind of like. <laughs> enjoy that that almost childlike feeling and you know the stuff we experienced as a kid it, it carries with us our entire lives and so games totally. allow those feelings to kind of come back and that nostalgia to come back and it's just man I, I have witnessed so many times the power of games to to do these things and bring people together in these ways and that's why i am such a uh, evangelist so to speak a, a believer yeah. in in the power of, of games to to make to change the world as those hippies were talking about i, I think they yeah. really do have that power it seems like an overstatement at times, yeah. but I think it's it's real that that when you play games with people that you can it sort of both uh, like raises and reduces people that like someone I play a game with is is very like they're not they're not you know the homeless guy who is was panhandling me yesterday mm-hmm. at my car that it's it's now they're the other player which yeah. sort of seems reductionist right that I'm not seeing them as a person but that also when I play with them they get to do and I get to do with them this sort of most human of things of like tapping into joy and tension and all these emotions that mm-hmm. might not be safe for us to express to each other on the street that, you know, if I express, uh, I don't know, like rage at the tower falling over in the game, that's a safe space for me mm-hmm. to express that with this guy who, if I saw him on the street and I started expressing rage at him, he might run away. You know, that that now we have this this arena where we can become fully ourselves and express things that we couldn't express other places and that we might never get the chance to express otherwise. Yeah, definitely. Well, cool, man. Greg, any other thoughts on the power of games? Oh man. Um, Oh yeah. Okay. So I shout out, um, uh, shouting out this awesome game called block by block, which is a game about, have you heard of this? No, it's making They were just finished their second edition Kickstarter. It's a game by some anarchist activists. Okay. Super, <laughs> Super left, like their their politics are right out there on their sleeve, and they're in the Kickstarter. They're like, maybe this isn't the game for you. Like, don't back it if it's not. Yeah. But I love it, um, and it's a game about a sort of Occupy movement taking over a city. And I have the first edition, and I've played it. It's a good game. I think the second edition changes are going to make it into a great game. But it's a really good tool for me to start these conversations with people in my circles who might not be open to thinking about these things mm, yeah. that. They were like, oh, you know, they're they're just looting. And then there's this whole thing in the game where like, well, maybe, you know, you need these things because the police have shut down. Whatever. We don't need to get into the exact yeah, sure. politics of it. But it's a game that puts you in a really unique place. It puts you into a position that you might not otherwise take and then asks you to kind of embody it just for an hour and say, yeah. like, what would you do if you were this person? Um, and it's been a lot of fun to play that game and have those conversations after the fact with people. Um, yeah. So shout out to Block by Block. It's one of those games. And, and like not... What am I trying to say? I personally like that game's politics a lot. Mm-hmm. But even if you don't, play that game because it can inspire you to make a game that might ask those same kinds of questions about other things. Yeah. That games can do this thing that maybe people are skeptical of, yeah. of getting people to a new conversation point. Um, so yeah, don't don't be afraid of games. They're they're powerful, but that power can be used for good. Yeah, definitely. And it gets back to what you're saying with empathy. Right, it just kind of gets us to think about other people and what they're experiencing, and and just see things from from maybe their point of view, even if it's just for yeah. an hour, just for a few minutes. Well, cool, man, Greg. Again, thanks again for coming on the show, and uh, good luck with the pervasive games we talked about in the main show, and and good luck with everything else you got going on right now. 
Thanks for having me on, Gabe. I appreciate it.